I said, if he's going to live long, he needs to work on that. And then they defended him and said, no, he has a kidney problem, you know. And, and I think I offended them, <laughs> my board member, because, you know, he has a kidney problem. So he had a problem. That's the reason why he has all this weight on him and all that. And I said, oh, okay, now I understand. So maybe I was being a little judgmental because I didn't know he had a kidney problem. And so sometimes what we're doing is we're judging people by our standards. We're looking at people, what, what we would do. Me, I would go on a fast for probably a year. You know what I'm talking about? I would be fasting. That's me. But I can't put what I do on other people. I can't put what I believe in health and fitness, what, makes, makes, you know, what works for me may not work for somebody else. And I think sometimes how we can get judgmental is that we look at where people are at, but we don't know really where they're at. And we just judge on the outside. You know, God doesn't judge on the outside. He judges on the inside. He looks at the hidden heart of the man. And so that's the reason why we got to be very careful, even in relationships, if our spouse does something that may not be right, their heart intention may not be to do wrong. Their heart intention may not be to tick you off. Are you listening to what I'm saying here? They may not try to set you up for a bad day. In other words, you gotta get you gotta under, you gotta get some understanding in a relationship. The Bible says that we we need to have under if we're gonna dwell with our spouses, we need to have understanding. Yes. Amen. Number two way that causes disunity in a relationship is this is the key: it's unfulfilled expectations. Think about this. This is when we go into a relationship or, or that we're dealing with, with a relationship or whatever, um, and we have an expectation um, of something to be fulfilled, and it doesn't meet our expectations, what happens? We get mad. And it, it happened just a couple weeks ago. I went out, we went out, I took Yin out uh, on, on um, Valentine's Day, the 14th, and I'm telling you, all the restaurants were crowded. And I, and I wanted to take her to um, uh, the steak restaurant that was down the street. Uh, what's the name of that steak restaurant? Um, Golden Corral. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's the name of it? Texas Roadhouse. You're the man. You get the price. And Texas Roadhouse. And we went there. It was like a two-hour wait. I said, two-hour wait? It was like a two-hour wait. I found out now you can have an app. And, uh, and you can actually set it up before you even drive out. So drop that app down in your phone. But anyway, it was two-hour way, and, I, and we didn't have time for that. And so I said, well, we went to the second best restaurant, and we went to this restaurant, and they didn't have a wait. But when I ordered the steak, uh, I ordered it, you know, medium rare, and it was well done. So, you know, what I'm saying was my expectation wasn't met. And I hate sending food back. You know, I ate a little bit of it. You know, anybody ever worked in a restaurant, you don't, you don't make the cook mad. Amen. <laughs> so because you don't want them offended. You don't want them dropping the steak on the floor. You know what I'm talking about. So, so I, I, I hate sending food. Anybody like that in here? It's, it's just me. It's just, I just have a quirk about that. I used to work in the, in, in, in the restaurant business. And so, and so what am I saying? I'm saying a lot of times we, unex, unfulfilled expectations will cause us to get angry unfulfilled prayers will cause us to get mad at god when we're praying and we're not seeing an answer to our prayer what do we do we get mad at god what's wrong with me or what's wrong with you 
Listen, it's not over yet. You know, if you're still alive, God, I believe God is working on it. Just believe that God, how long must God work on it? Well, get your attitude right first. Maybe he's waiting for you to get in some peace about it. Because if you're all fretting about what you're praying about that not seem to be working, and if you're fretting and worrying about it, you're not in faith. You're in doubt and unbelief. And God can't work on your situation when you're, when you're fussing and fuming about the situation, waiting on the answer. From, this is good this morning. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Waiting for the answer from God to come. In other words, we've got to move into that peace realm. We've got to move into a rest realm. We need to start resting in the promises of God. I know the Bible says in, in Proverbs 13, 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. So what, what, what am I saying to you this morning? I'm saying that there's going to be a process when we're praying. And I know sometimes we have instantaneous answered prayer. But most of my prayers take some time for it to come to pass. Amen. Why? Because a lot of times when we were praying, there's other, there could be other people involved. I remember listening to this one minister. He was, he was struggling, believing God for finances. And that was a process of time. He, 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 he preached prosperity when he was dirt poor when he was struggling when he had bald tires he still preached god wants you prosperous but you know it came to a point where he could barely make it. he had to believe god one time he had to believe god for food on his table can you believe that and he told his children don't tell anybody we need anything we're believing god don't put pressure on people put pressure on god and so they just and believed and I think two days when they didn't have any food. And, and the third day, somebody came with all these groceries and said, you know, um, I, for Brother Hagen, I should have brought these two days ago. And I felt really impressed from God to do this. But I thought, you don't need any groceries. And I just blew it off. But every day, I, every, you know, as the time went by, I just felt a pressure on me to buy some groceries and bring them to your house. Sometimes, yes, God is moving, but people are moving slower. Sometimes our blessing is working through people. God works through people to bless us. Now, I know he could send a raven to feed you like he did with a prophet. But more, what he's going to do is he, you're going to get a blessing you're either going to receive a blessing from somebody else. Amen. God moves on people to get you. That's why I always pray that I have favor, glory to God, with people, favor and grace. Hallelujah. And so we need to get a revelation of that. In James 4, 1 and 2, it kind of touches on this. It says, for what causes fights and quarrels among you, don't they come from your desire that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have. And then our wrong response, we desire things and we do not have. So it says, so you kill, you covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask from God. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. I'm going to say this. People are not your source. You don't put, you don't put pressure on people. You put pressure on the word of God. 
You don't pressure people to give you what you want. You, you put pressure on the word of God. You believe and you pray and you believe that God is moving. Amen. One of the other keys to, 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 uh, to division is that uh, we despising the differences. Listen, men, women are different. Men and women are different. I'm going to say that. Men are different than women. Women think different than men. We got, we got to understand that we're different. God puts, uh, puts two different people together. Why? So, so we can challenge our faith. So we can learn how to walk in love. Amen. Uh, we have different personalities. You know, we, we have, we, God doesn't only put, you, you, you've heard that old saying, opposites attract. Sometimes God puts in two people, they're so totally different. Why? So we can learn and grow from each other. If we were the same, if everybody, listen, if everybody was, was like a Pastor David Lambert in this room, we'd all be jumping up doing this, glory to God. No, we all need to be a little different. There, there's, there, you know, that's why I love this church. This church is it's not just, praise God, it's a unique church with different cultures, different types of people. Why? Because God loves variety. Amen. I don't like just one ice cream. Amen. I like variety. I like chocolate. I like vanilla. I like strawberry. I like variety. And God loves variety. And variety is going to be in heaven, glory to God. Like I always say, this is a little slice of heaven. So we don't want to despise our differences. You know, Jesus, you know, he came uh, uh, and he started ministering the kingdom of God. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees hated him. And he started ministering and he started doing things that were totally different. He started casting out demons. And the Pharisees and, uh, said, well, you know, and he was, he was setting people free. But, you know, they were so jealous of Jesus. Instead of trying to join him and, and figure out how to do the same thing that he was doing, he was getting the crowds. And, and, and the Pharisees were jealous. The Pharisees said to Jesus, you're casting out the devil and healing people by the power of the devil. You're doing it by power of the devil. And Jesus said, guys, you don't understand how kingdom things work. And how, how, think, how if you're going to win in this life, you, the only way you're going to win is in unity. And the devil is, if I'm casting out the devil, then that, me, that means that, that Satan's kingdom is being cast out. And that kingdom is disunified. So, so in, in other words, that uh, a king, then he said a kingdom divided cannot stand. So Jesus wasn't casting out the devil by the devil. He was casting out the devil by the finger of God. He was, he was promoting the kingdom of God. He was undoing the works of the evil one. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so, so listen, so, so, so when Jesus was praying for the sick and he was setting them free, he was doing God's will. So this is a good point. It's not God's will for you to be sick. It's not God's will for you to be suffering poverty. It's not God's will for you to be, you know, unhappy. No, it's God's will for you to be walking in joy and peace. The kingdom of God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So we need to understand that. The, the number fourth key is that, listen, we, we got to understand this. What the reason for division is that we're all fallible. We all have flesh and we all miss it. Amen? So listen, listen, you got to understand, you got to give grace to people. People will miss it. People will say the wrong things. 
your, your spouse is not perfect. One of the worst things you can do, and I know when you first start dating, a lot of times we put our spouse on a pedestal. And we put them on a pedestal. We think they, they can do no wrong. Listen, your spouse can do some wrong. People in relationships can do some wrong. We're not perfect. We have flesh. In other words, we may be new creations in Christ, but we still can sin. Hello. You still have the ability to sin, even though you're a new creation in Christ and you have, you're a partaker of the divine nature. You still can fall in temptation. That's the reason why we have 1 John 1, 9. If you sin, you confess your sins. God is faithful and righteous to forgive you of all unrighteousness and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So Romans 3.23 says it this way. For everyone who has sinned, Romans 3.23, New Living Translation. For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glory, glorious standard. So we need to be, what I'm saying to you this morning is, we need to be people of mercy. Amen. Romans 5.20 says it this way. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. So I'm going to say to you this morning that where there might be, your spouse may not be doing everything right, you know, where sin abounds in that area, God's grace can abound much more. How does God's grace abound? James 2.13 says this way, For judgment is without mercy to, to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Somebody say mercy. Mercy, mercy triumphs over judgment. See, God, listen, God is so awesome that he doesn't want to judge any of us. He doesn't want to judge the world. That's why he sent his son Jesus. But he doesn't want to judge us. The Bible actually gives us a way out of judgment. You know, you know, you know, you want to give you a, a way out of, out of being judged by God? Judge yourself. The Bible says if you judge yourself, if you allow the word of God to, to, to reveal any areas in your life that's not lining up with God, and you see that area, and you judge yourself and repent and change, then you will not be judged. That's awesome. That's why you're in church today. You're in church today so that the light of God's word will show up any darkness in our lives and so that we can make adjustments so that judgment won't come. Hallelujah. Man, that, I could drop the mic there. I could just stop the rest of that. If we could just do that. Look at ourselves. Instead of focusing on what other people's issues are, focus on our issues. And I think once we get our issues worked, the Bible says, hey, listen, the Bible says this way. Before you take the speck out of your brother's eye, take the first take the log out of your own eye. In other words, there's issues that we have that we need to work on. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So there's four ways people deal with conflict. Number one is my way. This is where a person would say either it's my way or the highway. I call it the dictator attitude. Listen, if you're going to be in a loving relationship, you can't be a dictator. Or you can't be saying my way or the highway. No, no, you've got to work together as a team. We got to work together as a team. I, I, have a, I have a board that governs the church, and I don't go in there and say, this is how I'm going to. No, I, I, present, uh, I present something, what I want, may want to do, uh, and we vote on it. We allow them to come in, talk about it, but I don't tell them what I want. 
I, I, I suggest, and, then, and I say, pray about it, and if you think it's good, if you don't, then good. Why? Because I'm not going to be a dictator. I'm going I'm to have a board that governs my actions so that I won't be controlling, amen? And so we need, we need not to be, uh, have a dictator attitude, my way or the highway attitude. Uh, 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 four ways that people do a conflict. Number two, your way. In other words, we, we, we compromise and we say, okay, forget it, it's your way. But when we do that in a relationship, what a lot of times that does is when we do it enough, your way, it builds resentment. Anybody ever been there? Man, I've been just doing it your way and it's not working. And you get resentment. Amen? And so sometimes that doesn't work. And then, then the third way we, we get is halfway. Uh, I will submit halfway and you submit halfway. And that works so well. But really the best way is God's way. God's way. Allow God. In other words, we have to put God first place in our lives. I, I remember I, I was married before. And uh, many, many years ago. And uh, thank God we had no children. But I was married before. And, and uh, we fell out of church. And I had a heart to go back to church. I knew that our relationship wasn't working when we were in church. And then we fell out of church. And we got into the world. And my, our relationship was working. And I said to my spouse at that time, I said, we need to get back to God. We need to put God in the center of this in our relationship. It's, God is the only way it's going to work. And, of course, my ex said, no, I don't want to go that route. I don't want to put God in the relationship. And so I want to go a different route, go the world's way. And I said, no. It, it, and, and, and she said, you either do it my way or it's the highway. And, and, and there's the door. You know what I'm saying? She left. Amen. Why? Because it has to be God's way. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I said to her, it has to be God's way. It just can't be your way from now on. No, it has to be God's way. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? And I'm so glad that I did it God's way. Because you never lose, even though you may lose a relationship or you may lose something, you'll never lose what God will, uh, has for you. And God gave me something even better, my wife now, which is 100 times better. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Faithful, a heart of gold, loves God. She can cook. She puts up with my jokes. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So our, our, what I'm saying to you today is we got we to make, make it God's way. Let me give you, let me finish this up. Four keys to help promote unity. Uh, number one, uh, you, we need to have a pre-fight strategy. This is relationships. You have to have a strategy because you know what? In a relationship, you're going to have an argument. But you need to have a pre-fight strategy. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 gives you a pre-fight strategy. You ready for this? If your anger, uh, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. So here's a pre-fight strategy. Uh, don't go to bed angry. In other words, get it resolved. Don't hold it in. You know, my, my last relationship that I was in, you know, I, you know, I went through a divorce. That my, my ex, she, 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 she never she held everything in. She never said anything that I, you know, she would hold all her animosity and she would never talk or bring it out. And then finally she exploded. And we don't want to just, you know what I'm saying? You hold it in long enough pretty soon, you will explode. And you need to talk it out. Somebody say talk it out. 
Amen? So we don't want, we don't want, our, we don't want the anger to build up. We need to make sure that we get it right before we go to bed. A pre-fight plan. Amen? Uh, number two, never call names. When you're, in, when you're angry, don't call, don't, unless, unless you're saying sweetheart or honey. Amen? In a relationship, don't call names. Amen. You calling them a name, you, you, you might as well be calling yourself that name because your spouse is a part of you. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? In Colossians 3, it says, but, but now, Colossians 3, 8, Amplified, but now rid yourselves of all these things, anger, rage, malice, slander, obscene, abusive, filthy, vulgar language from your mouth. So don't allow that to come out of your mouth. Amen. Uh, 1 Peter 3, 9 says, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because through this you are called so that you may inherit a blessing. Number three, don't raise your voice. Amen? It, it, when you're in, in, in a relationship and it starts getting heated, don't raise your voice. The Bible says this, a soft answer, Proverbs 51, a soft answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. Are you listening? I know you're saying, Pastor, that's, you don't know who I'm married to. <laughs> you don't know. Ooh, man, you, I, you know, she's like, she's like the daughter of the devil. You don't know. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? Yeah, she might have some issues, but you do too. Don't think you don't have any issues. Because the day you don't think you have issues, I mean, I can tell you what your issue is. Pride. We all have issues. Amen? So we want to be very careful we're not raising our voice. Number four, never get historical. Now, I'm not saying hysterical. I'm saying historical. What I mean by that is don't bring up past mistakes in your relationship. Don't, don't bring. This is good for us because when we, listen, as Christians, you're, you're, you're going to sin every once in a while. You're going to miss it, right? Don't bring that back up to God. God, I messed up last week. If you already repented from it, don't bring up. God doesn't remember it anymore. See, the enemy will get, keep us in a, in a state of shame of our past and get us focused on our past. But when we ask God's forgiveness, we, as they say in New York, forget about it. And we just need to forget about our past mistakes and keep moving forward in God. Amen? And same thing, same thing with your spouse. They made a, made a mistake, but don't bring it back up to them. Let it go. I like what it says in Isaiah 43, 18. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Proverbs 17, 9, 9, 9 says this. He who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates friends. Let me say that again. He who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates friends. Amen. So we don't want to be repeating people's Past mistakes. Why? God's not going to repeat your past mistake. And God's not looking at your past mistake. He's not looking at that. You, you, you repent it is as if you've never done it. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Uh, number five, never say absolute words like never and always. You never do this and you always do this. We do that in relationships, don't we? You never do this and you always do this. You always cook me a great dinner. <laughs> And you're never late for dinner. Okay, I'm putting something positive. But are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? In other words, don't use absolute words. Uh, number six, never use threatening words like, I'm going to leave you or I'm going to divorce you. 
This is this. I know some of you guys are single, and you guys, thank God I'm single. I'm glad I don't have to deal with that. Glory to God. And um, being single has its perks. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It's not all bad. The, the married people want to be single. The single people want to be married. I mean, I don't understand it. But are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And uh, it, it, it's a, it's a, uh, it, it's a, a, you know, marriage is a labor of love. I'm going to say again, it's a labor of love. Amen. So what, what do we want to do? We want to, I'm, I'm, I'm closing out here. We, we want to, we want to never use those threatening words. We don't want to use divorce or say, uh, I'm going to leave you. You know, let me give you an example. I got to close this down. My, 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 my wife's father, uh, he's not a Christian, but every time that Yin didn't do something that, that they liked, uh, she was, she was living in their house. He would say, I'm going to throw you out. I'm going to throw you out. I'm going to throw you out. And when, when they found out that they were Buddhist, that they were, that she was going to marry, that she was dating a Christian, they didn't like that. And then when they found out she, that, that, that she was going to marry not just a Christian, but a Christian pastor, they flipped out too. And so, and then, and then he said, I'm going to throw you out. I'm going to throw you out. And, and Yin said, okay, if you're going to throw me out, I'm leaving. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And then, and then what we ended up doing was I ended up packing her up and moving her to my parents' house. I had my own house, so she lived with my parents before we got married. I had my ushers come out, and they were packing her up. Amen. Moved her to, to and then all her stuff got moved into my house, and three months later we were married. Amen. We did it right. We did it right. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And what I'm saying is, you keep saying you're going to leave. You keep saying you're going to divorce. That does, not, that does not help the relationship at all. If God says, man, if God was, when you pray into God, ask God to forgive you, and if, you, if God was saying, listen, if you do this one more time, that's it, I'm done, God's not like that. God, God, you know, Jesus said forgive how many times? Seven times 70 in a day. So we need to learn to walk in love and forgiveness. Number two, we need to focus on the good things of that person. In other words, we don't focus on all the negative things. Focus on the why you're with them. Focus on why you're, you're coming to church. Focus on why you're here at the church. You're here for God. You're here for the word. You're for, here for other people. Glory to God. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Focus on the good things. Philippians 4, 8, 9 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. In other words, love thinks no evil. So we need to start thinking right about our spouse, right about our relationship with God, right about other people. We need to think right. Number three, we need to apply God's grace to people. We need to apply God's grace to people. It says in Romans 12, 17, 21, repay no one evil for evil. That's a good one. We could probably stand on that or talk about that for about an hour. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If possible, as much as it depends on you, live peacefully with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to the wrath for his written, vengeance is mine. I will repay back, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not, over, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So listen, if somebody's doing something negative to you, you don't respond the same way back. If somebody slaps you on the cheek, Jesus said, turn the other cheek. 
Walk in love. And you can't do it with your natural love. You don't have the ability to do it with natural love. You can only do it with the love of God. And when we develop that relationship with God, and we start walking in that love relationship with God, we're going we're gonna to walk out and be what God has called us to be. Love people of a love God, operating in love, giving and forgiving. We would like to invite you to join us Sunday morning at 4136 Holland Road, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Service starts at 10.30 a.m. Nurseries and Children's Church provided. This broadcast is made possible by the Congregation of Exceed Life Church. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.